listening to the Live the Life podcast. We created this show to help you live a live the life. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 138, and I am so excited about the subject I'm bringing here with you today. It may not be in the book of the most inspirational topics, but I think it's important. It's real life stuff. And today I want to talk about sending the chicken back. Sending the chicken back, my friends, has to do with the rubber chicken that I got yesterday when we were out for dinner. And I would normally send the chicken back in a kind, non-whiny, non-complainy way, in a delivery approach that would not condescend, but would merely address the fact that the chicken was not good. However, I felt a little bit off. My seat was a little wobbly, so I felt a little seasick. Something happened where I suddenly just turned to Tim and said, I know it kind of makes you uncomfortable when I send food back. Not that I've sent food back all the time. I would say I've done it like once. But I found myself in this predicament of having rubber chicken and being hungry and for some reason not speaking my truth. And I immediately knew when I woke up this morning, the entire episode would be about sending the chicken back or not. Tim? (laughs) I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I recall it's a little messed up because we wanted to celebrate. We had some really big wins the last few days, as I tried to predict in the last show. (laughs) Our listing got turned back on. For our top seller. For our top seller, made boosting probiotic. We were very excited about that. Our daughter made the competitive team in soccer, which she was very proud of. As we are, I am very proud of her for making that. Not because it gives me any accolades, because I know she really wanted to do it. And she was really proud of herself for achieving that. Cool feeling. Yes. We were very excited for her. So we felt like this is a. We went to dinner without her (laughs) to celebrate. She doesn't really like going. So everybody wins. Yeah, everybody wins, right? (laughs) No, we did something for her. As I was saying, I'm like, yeah, I guess we didn't do anything for her. But we did. We did things for her. She got to go to sporting yesterday. That was really fun. And we already had that plan before we knew about um, the team. Thanks to the brother and sister in law for donating their um, season tickets to us. They, the were, day out of, while they were out of town. So <laughs> Olive and I got to go see um, Sporting KC play, which was a very, very good experience for her. And it was like the cap for her weekend. And we decided we should cap ours off with a dinner date. Out. Which we did not um, think ahead. It was Saturday night on the plaza in Kansas City, which is very busy. busy. So the place we intended to go to. Um, they wouldn't even accept. Yeah, we didn't have reservations. So they politely said, leave. It could be the name of our memoir. They didn't have reservations. Right. Reservation is not required. Um, So somehow we end up at a seafood place, which you do not like seafood, which I still can't believe we went to this restaurant. One time a friend and I popped by there and had fries and they were good. But she didn't order fries. I didn't order fries this time. (laughs) Anyway, so you had turned to me and said, this chicken's gross. Try it. And I said, no No. way. (laughs) No, no, no. No way. I said, oh. Oh, there's something terribly wrong with this chicken. <laughs> um, and I said, you said, I'm, I'm going to um, tell the waiter I, I don't like it. I'm going to say there's something wrong. It's, this is not my it. response was, what do you expect to happen? 
do you want and then immediately he came over food? and then he, he showed up how right is everything and, and and in a split second i said it's great <laughs> and then my he night was gone forever he was gone <laughs> to say it wasn't great thereafter felt oh impossible there's a lot of reasons why we're talking about sending the chicken back and i think it's going to make more sense in living a lifted life so, so just stick the, with us the the question I had was, what 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 outcome would you prefer? Would yes. you prefer them to take the plate completely away and give you something completely new? Do you want to substitute the, the meat for something else? Because um, you already ate a lot of the salad. So for me, it's kind of weird to be like, this is horrible. <laughs> I ate half of the it. The salad was it's good. horrible. The salad was good. I just um, need a little protein. I was, I was dipping a bit. Mm-hmm. And that chicken, I think I have PTSD from that bite of chicken. <laughs> I don't say that lightly. I don't know that I'll ever okay. have chicken again. For the record, yeah. you have a very strict chicken policy. As a person that's prepared grilled chicken for you, <laughs> I know it's very complicated to hit that that middle that point. That sweet spot called no gristle. In your defense, even that word gristle. In your defense, when you tried to offer me the chicken, I <laughs> stuck up my fork and said, "No, thank nope. you," and put it back. <laughs> so it was bad. It was um, bad. Okay. Hindsight, I wish that you would have ordered. So we could have Re-ordered. a different show topic. <laughs> no, I mean, I wish that you would have sent it back or said, "Hey, can I just get a piece of salmon? This stuff's not. This isn't working today, or whatever." Of course, hindsight is that because mm-hmm. everything we're discussing here. But there's so much more than just if you speak up or not. To me, yeah. I've experienced one time we ordered a salad and you actually ordered salmon. They brought you chicken and you didn't say a peep. <laughs> yeah, that's my style. I just eat it, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, that's." I mean, I am not known for sending food back, but I am yeah. known for, um, uh, how do I say this? Making, I, making things clear. Making things clear. Or yeah, I, I love paying for my food. I love tipping well, and I love my food to taste good. And that was part of the problem was that I couldn't even eat it. I was dipping. Mm. Whew, I mean, when I say that, I, I could tell I needed a protein boost. So what I want to share now is that a few things that I think matter when it comes to this idea of oh, I want to be a positive person. I don't want to be a complainer. And yet there are times in our life where we have to speak our truth and speak up on behalf of ourselves. So A, I think the delivery of the message matters. Not, this is disgusting. Mm. Please tell the chef my insults. Um, you are a bad person. You should have known this chicken would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the delivery that I wouldn't want. Instead, hey, really sorry to have to complain, but this chicken seems to be made of rubber. <laughs> Just kidding. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it. It seems to be something uh, a bit off with this chicken. I was wondering if I could substitute uh, it for, if I could get salmon instead. I almost got salmon. I'm at a seafood restaurant. I should have got salmon. What was I thinking? My mistake. Uh, Anyway, something wrong with the chicken. I do appreciate your help. Could I get salmon instead? The delivery matters. Not putting anyone down. Just stating the facts and asking for what I want instead. Um... I think it is a matter of being willing to speak up for yourself. And I've, like I said, seen you do it where you eat the thing you did not order. And I'm just looking at you like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Many times in the past, I would just comfortably, kindly express myself. But I think I started to pick up on the fact that you don't like that. And so I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, honey, this ain't about you. This is about my hunger levels. (laughs) This, it wasn't about, so like in a way I could start to blame Tim, right? Come up with a case. I did that for him, but really it's, it really is about me and personal responsibility for what I want and what I need and being well willing to express that. So, um, 
yeah, that is kind of the essence of, I think not being willing to speak up when you, uh, get something you don't want is a self-worth issue. Not wanting to make a big fuss about it, not wanting to appear that I'm special, um, or that I somehow deserve special treatment. Mm -hmm. I don't see it any of those ways. Instead, it's simply, this is what I'm paying for. And I didn't get what I thought I'd be paying for, but I do get the idea that it feels suddenly like you're being cheap or you're being complaining or you're being extra. So I just kind of thought it'd be interesting to discuss some of that coming from someone, me, who generally does speak for what I want and you who would generally not. So what's your argument or what's your rebuttal? And I say that you don't want to be an inconvenience and so you aren't willing to speak up. So um, I'll agree with you that if I ordered, I don't know, if I ordered a steak and got a chicken, I'd probably say something. But if I ordered something, then... It was a salmon chicken mix-up one time at Summit. Yeah, yeah. I remember okay. it clear as day. So that, to, it, it, that in my book, you can interchange salmon and chicken. I'm probably not going to complain. Now, if I ordered a steak and I get something else, I would probably say something. But okay. um, you're right. I would choose the less controversial route normally. And the case of sending the chicken back, I generally wanted to know, are you saying I don't like blackened chicken? Because you said, I'm going to send this back. I think I'm going to send this back. I don't like it. And I'm like, that's exactly what you ordered. I don't think I said that I don't like it. I said there's something wrong with this. <laughs> and I I want a clarification. Um, and is this not what I expected? Or did, um, and then from that, what do you expect them to do? Like give you another chicken? I would say probably oh, not. No, do not ever give me another chicken. I mean, I guess I was trying to ask for clarification, and what did happen is the guy showed up immediately. And I quickly said, thanks for fine. Oh, I misspoke. So, I didn't have time to think on it. Should I have said? I'm going to need a moment to <laughs> figure out if everything's good. No, here's what really should have happened. In the moment, I quickly said, everything's fine, because it was a nervous answer. Mm -hmm. Then I should have either got his eye contact, mm -hmm. brought him back with a little, whoop. Garcelin. Yeah, a little something like that, and say, actually, you know, I've been into this chicken. It's just <laughs> not going to work for me. I could have, I could, I think we can go back on what we say. I said that everything was fine yeah. and then I could take one more bite and discover that everything was not fine. New information. New information. So to answer your, or to complete my rebuttal, um, I, I do think there's, um, room for improvement for myself. Like I, as you're saying those things, I don't disagree with you, but I'm also thinking, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't say, Hey, you know, I, I just didn't order this. I ordered this. I got this like that doesn't seem right that seems um, not my truth there'd be a person like it, there's nothing wrong with saying I think there's a mix-up somewhere it's how the, how you say it I yeah. think if you say it in a rude way then you're a rude person and then the or idea you're being of, rude. of you not sending it back because you're because I'm gonna be offended to me that's you not living your truth so right. I, I don't like to hear that right now. and I didn't I led my life out yeah. of alignment last night and I paid the ultimate price mm -hmm. I was hungry I nearly blew away after dinner <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I think we need to talk about this idea that it's uncomfortable for one moment. Mm -hmm. We were nice to the guy, friendly. How are you? A great tip, even though it wasn't his fault. That right. They don't want to make chicken. He, he could have. Cook it. Okay. So he that is the interesting out. thing. I think a part of me was hoping he'd be like, oh, I see you haven't really eaten the chicken here. <laughs> eat everything but the chicken. I, that's still lacking personal responsibility. I'm hoping someone will come save me. Look at this woman. She's turning pale. She's, she's about to fall out of her seat from mm -hmm. hunger. Must have been the chicken. You see how I was not taking personal responsibility for what needed to be said. 
But let's just talk about this one idea of this brief, uncomfortable moment. I think a lot of times that we set a boundary with someone and say, if you do this, then I do this. Or if you're going to do this, please do this. Mm -hmm. Setting a boundary is uncomfortable in the few moments it takes to set it or say it. But generally speaking, it leads to a much more comfortable uh, relationship because we know we're going to express what we need. Well, I feel like the same would have been true for our entire night if I just would have made that one uncomfortable statement of this is not going to work for me. Um, and then from then on, it would have been smooth sailing because I stayed in alignment with what I wanted or needed to do. Um, so I think that a lot of times it's that you call it controversy. I consider it just a bit uncomfortable because I feel like controversy would be like, I need the chef. Yeah. I need the chef. Get your manager out here I need your yeah. manager. But instead, it's like, hey, you know, could I maybe just get something else <clears throat> that would really help me out here? And also, from from my perspective, I don't really know why that's uncomfortable. I guess it gets uncomfortable if they argue with you and say, no, chicken's prepared exactly like it should be. Okay, they, then there maybe there's some controversy True. back and forth. But just stating what you think, there's no controversy there. I have really, truthfully, no idea why I that would. That makes you uncomfortable, yeah. though. But you're recognizing it does make you Probably at one time it did. Probably at one time someone got irate about the mix-up. Mm-hmm. And I know it wasn't a mix Like, I've been a part of watching someone order a meal. I know exactly what they ordered. Shows up. I didn't order that. And start, you know, arguing with the waiter of who was right. And I think I've had enough experiences around that where I, I'm like, that was horrible. Yeah. Because I know I felt bad for the waiter because they just wrote down what they said and then... Mm-hmm. They have to backtrack because the customer is always right. You know, well, so if it's clear, I yeah. mean, or maybe it's not clear. If it's, um, it may be interesting to know that I don't have any such experiences of seeing someone go. Right. Like, I think it's a, a type of trauma. Yeah. Uh, um, a mild trauma response yeah, of yeah. this is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This is not good. I've seen this go bad. Sure. I mean. And how many times have you eaten chicken instead of salmon because of that? <laughs> How many more times do I have to eat rubber chicken? <laughs> Just kidding. It is totally up to me. Even if it would have ruined the t- entire trajectory, that would have been on you if you wanted to get mad about that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I try to talk to our kids about that, balancing friendships and pl- spending time with one or the other and and sharing that. like It's not your job to make everybody happy. Even if it was you took that on as your job, it would be impossible. Mm-hmm. So really, that's why we need to stay in alignment with what do I want? What is best for me in this moment? It's not selfish to do what's best for you because when you're truly aligned, you show up as a more serviceable, enjoyable Mm -hmm. human as it is. And and to add what you said, I truly believe um, the only person that's on the hook for you to make happy is yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's irresponsible to make anybody else happy. Here's the wild thing. We've been together 20 years too. Mm-hmm. So we've been out to eat a few times. It's together. hard to differentiate you from me sometimes. I do agree with that. That's not what I was going to say. Oh, differentiate. I, yeah. Like we're that so. I, you think that I just see the world the way you do. Yeah. Well, I don't. You should. <laughs> you don't mean that. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Thank our sponsor. And then we'll get back to this idea that Tim and I are two different people. <laughs> and maybe we'll convince him. This show is brought to you by our four mood probiotics designed to help you feel better naturally. You can find them on Amazon, our own personal shop, or walmart.com. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. So to to give more, I guess, maybe background to why I think that we are very similar is um, 
in the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, he's talking about a mastermind. And he's talking about when two minds are together, um, it creates this hive mind or this, uh, this third mind as a shared consensus, I guess. And I feel like we've been together so long that oftentimes we think about the same things the same way. And it's easy for me to just assume that you, and I know I shouldn't assume anything, but it's easy for me to assume that you feel and think the same way I'm feeling about something, which is often the case, not true. Well, what's interesting is often we do think the same thing, but not at the same time. Mm. So I'll present an idea in a very fast, energetic manner, and then you'll marinate in it, sleep on it, and then get back to me in a very excited way of like, I get it, Mm -hmm. or I see it, or I know what you mean now. But of course, I'm already on to the next idea. So it's a little tricky, but I do think our processing times on things is a bit different. You're definitely more drawn out and you're, cause you're looking at details. Mm-hmm. You are the detail guy mm-hmm. and I am the big picture. So I'm not trying to gloat that I'm a fast thinker. I'm big picture. So of course I can do it faster. I think oftentimes times I need more evidence. I need more examples mm-hmm. before I can believe it. And mm-hmm. I think you can believe it because I much. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that I aspire to do, but it's not something I'm, it's not my best skill mm-hmm. currently. Right. But you practice and you get good at it. So I think what mm-hmm. the audience wants to know, Tim, yeah. is are you going to send the chicken back next time? They want to mm. know, are you willing to stand by your word that you deserve to have what you order and pay for? The only thing I think I'm willing to say right now is that you should have sent the chicken back. <laughs> <laughs> and next time you get something that's unsatisfactory, forget whether I'm saying the room or not and send it back. Yes. Um, I would like to practice um, more speaking what I want. Yeah. So when I don't get what I ordered, I actually say something. I love how, the way you said, I'm going to practice that. Yeah. I feel like if we could all take a beginner's mind practice approach, like, hey, we're going out to dinner. I'm sure I'll have a chance to um, practice being my most aligned true self. Instead of seeing something as like, oh, this obstacle, this hurdle, the chicken's rubber, mm. I need protein, I'm going to blow away. Like instead of seeing everything as a problem, I think the beginner's mind, uh, the practice approach is like, oh, great. I get an attempt to practice presence, to practice alignment, to practice speaking my truth, to practice compassion and kindness. I feel like if we took that approach to any time something difficult came up, air quotes, we would actually be a lot more relaxed. We're like, okay, here's my chance to practice staying centered, even though someone just said something that really triggered me. If we saw it as an opportunity rather than an obstacle, I think that is the major shift to sending the chicken back. Uh, Yeah. I didn't even see that, like highlight coming we're gonna do the show we're gonna talk about the chicken i knew there's some definite lessons in there around self-worth um conveniences comfort and uncomfortability not wanting to complain staying high vibe uh, but really i think it's uh the coolest takeaway is this idea that we can practice and what we practice is we get good at and we can see various things in our life not as obstacles but as opportunities for growth and alignment yeah to add to that, um, I, I guess thinking of Rich is fresh on my mind because I just finished it last night. Um, but honestly, I think I could have read the, the last two chapters. Like those were the best of mm-hmm. the book. Okay. And um, in the book, he, you know, he's talking about like the sixth sense and, and like people having, you know, 
basically telepathy and things like that. And this book was written in the thirties. So it was kind of like controversial to actually write that. Mm -hmm. And as he's talking about these concepts, like they're not that far fetched nowadays. I think a lot of people in the spiritual groups would agree that, yeah, you can pick up on someone's energy and share thoughts and things like that. I think that's not too out there, but then it was, Mm -hmm. um, and I totally lost what I was going to say. And it's back. Um, <laughs> he did it. As he was talking about it, I kept thinking, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. I wish that I could pick up on these energetic thoughts. I wish that I could let things flow into my mind. And and as I was thinking, I'm like, but you can. You just have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And he talked about in the book. He's like, your, your body, your brain, your mind, it's bringing all these sensory in but so much that you can't process it yeah it has so to filter it, it has it to down. filter down and or you go insane if, if you literally took in all that information mm-hmm. and i was thinking okay and then he talked about a hunch or like a um like an an epiphany or you know a big idea and i and i started realizing that these ideas pop into my head like wouldn't it be cool if wouldn't it and but it's you like dismiss them. i always dismiss them mm. i always dismiss them because i'm like those are ridiculous and that's what he's talking about is mm-hmm. those things coming in. And you're talking about be, being a beginner and, and trying new things. That's one thing I tried. I'm like, okay, that was a crazy ass or crazy, crazy, whatever I can <laughs> crazy say. Butt. <laughs> crazy butt. Crazy <laughs> butt. Idea, roll with it because there's a reason why that thing came in. There's a reason why I picked up on that because it's an alignment with something that I want to do. And that's where the, I got the idea or that's why I said I'm going to give it a try because that does seem out there to send the chicken back does seem out there for me, but maybe I should give it a try because there's a reason why it's presenting itself to me. Mm, Yes. And as I heard you say that, I was thinking about how the next book I'm going to put on your nightstand for you to read (laughs) is Thank and Grow Rich, which kind of talks about, I've talked about on the show, but it's guiding your focus and attention towards things to appreciate because like you said, there's so much stimuli that we have to filter some of it down. We have to be selective Mm -hmm. about it. If you're not intentional, you'll look for problems. That's what the brain does to keep us safe. But if you're intentional, you can look for things to appreciate, which means more and more and more flows in. Mm-hmm. So that's the next book for you to dig into and talk about. These real books. I know they're paperback books, uh, actual books. I'm placing on his nightstand strategically. <laughs> All right, everybody. Sometimes you have to send the chicken back. If you do, be kind and stay in alignment because you deserve it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.